Interior, small town snow globe refillery. We see a single mother refilling snow globes with her Christmas juice. She is widow. Her husband died in every war. Single mother. I refill his globes better than Jesus Claus, yet my twins are dad free. Why? They need double dad. Businessman enters the shop. He wears clothes that cost money. His hands are briefcases, and he's Hallmark hot. Hi, do you... Do your snow globes lack wet? Hurry, Christmas attacks soon. Businessman has flashback to when he was business boy. A Christmas tree explodes on <laughs> explodes his family on purpose. He now hates trees and Christmas and explosions. He exits the flashback. Businessman. Shut your sound. I am from huge city. <laughs> I, I bought your land and I'm turning into an oil resort. Rude behavior! This is a family business. I sell families. I am widow. My husband is now bones. Single mother points over to husband's bones in the corner of the room. They're all gift-wrapped in eggnog. Businessman. All of my wives are bones. This is America, but I must make money for my twins to live. They are prince. I too own twins. Please, don't have bought my land. Christmas is today. Laugh! <laughs> I bought Christmas, and now it is never. <laughs> Unless we go on dates. I cannot date because of a snow curse. I pray Santa helps me. Santa cannot help. She did not know, but Santa was her husband. Santa is bones. Bones help nobody. All right, the wh- end. What the fuck did we just read the team? <laughs> This two-page script called Christmas on Christmas. Yes. Okay, so I came across this absolute gem <laughs> around Christmas time, and then Latif was away, so I kind of forgot to bring it up until now. And I read it to him tonight. And we both agree that it's hilarious. <laughs> Agreed. Laugh. Laugh. <laughs> so we wanted to read it to you guys and kind of break it down. I'm really excited to listen to the beginning of this. I could not keep it together when she said, Is your snow globe lacking what? It's amazing. It's really something. So, what we just read you is The Christmas on Christmas. And the way it was created was someone fed a computer, I think it was a thousand rom-coms, and asked it to write a script, and this is what it came out with. And Christmas rom-coms, right? Yeah, Christmas rom-coms. And I think it's a really good example of cliches and what not to do, and strangely what to do. <laughs> so I thought we'd talk about that for a little bit. Um, so initially, I read this to you like a half hour ago, Latif. What was your thoughts, like, other than being hilarious? Uh... I mean, aside from it making, like, very little sense, um, just, like, in terms of, like, what's actually happening, <laughs> I think there's still a story underneath it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this would be very difficult for anyone who was not a native English speaker to understand. They'd be like, what the hell is going on? Oh, yeah, totally. So... 
with, even without context, it'd be kind of difficult for your average person to kind of get what's going on. Yep. But it was definitely... It was definitely something in the works there. There's a beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let's start with the meaty and extremely noticeable part. What did you think it did wrong? Hmm. Well, aside from all the grammatical errors and improper use of words... Which is, is your snow globe black and wet? Which is a pretty big deal. Um, <laughs> I think it did not set up the characters of the world properly. It's very hard to, like, break down what it did wrong because it's a robot. (laughs) But, yeah, I think it it failed to set up these characters and and what the world was. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's kind of not great. But ironically, I could see it all in my head very clearly. Yeah, so could I. And that was the strangest part. Like, usually when there's really bad writing, I find myself going over it again and again. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here. But with this, it was... It had a strange mix of being so wrong, yet so specific, that I could picture everything, you know? (laughs) Yeah. There's no subtext. Nope. It was all very matter-of-fact, which is, uh, I think, why it's so funny. Yeah. I mean, when a character laughs in the thing, he just says laugh. Yeah, that, we didn't add that in. He literally says laughs instead of actually laughing. <laughs> which is how I'm going to laugh from now on. I would love that so much. <laughs> We'll be at, like, a stand-up show, and everyone will laugh, and then the comedian will, like, pause and just hear, laugh! (laughs) (laughs) Laugh! 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 Yeah. What did you think was wrong with it? Well, I mean, the biggest thing that jumped out to me in terms of what's wrong with it was it, it... Because this was a robot, and because it basically regurgitated... A bunch of rom-coms. It was. It took the commonalities and just threw them in a script, even when it didn't make sense. Like when it says she points over to her husband and he has bones that are wrapped in eggnog. Like everything about it reeks of Christmas and Christmas commonalities. And I think that if you're going to write something like this, this would be a really great script to study and say, here's what people expect from a Christmas script and it'd be good for you to read it and say what of this do I want to include what do I not want to include and in a strange way how do I take something that's been done a million times and make it interesting because if there's one thing I don't think I could ever say about this script it's that I was never not interested Like, I wanted it to keep going. (laughs) Did you? Mm, I was satisfied with where it ended. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay, let me say, I don't know if I could read 90 pages. (laughs) But I wanted more than two. Yeah. 
It was really enjoyable to read for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be very difficult to keep going with it because it would be very for a feature. <laughs> for a feature, <laughs> <laughs> for even a for even like a short film, it was just a, a lot of garble. But at the same time, I think if you look at it and look at the underlying points, there's actually a story, and it's kind of taking archetypes of what I think you might find in a lot of the films, but very mm-hmm. specifically in the conflicts. Kind of like a a single woman who's kind of stuck in her normal life and in, in like a routine who doesn't have any anything to look forward to and it's Christmas and then this rich person shows up and and they kind of show up as like this whirlwind that's gonna destroy everything and seems like the worst <laughs> um, but then he has a flashback to when he was a kid and he was hurt by an exploding Christmas tree. <laughs> which, purpose. Which I think could just be a metaphor for something Christmas-related damaged him, which makes him hate Christmas. <laughs> and because of that, now he's just like a, a Grinch. Um, and for the most part, he is uh, very wealthy and, and probably um, seems like an evil person. But at the end of the scene, he's like, I will ruin your life unless you date me. <laughs> Which I think is probably another common thing in a lot of the Christmassy kind of films. The bad guy is just looking for love. Yeah, and then he f- finds it in this single mother with twins whose husband is Santa Bones. <laughs> Who owns the snow globe refillery. <laughs> yes. So there's, there's things that I think you could probably tie together and, and get an idea of what's going on, even if you don't really know what's going on. I mean, that's initially what I got from it, but I think, for the most part, if you put all that aside, it's a very hilarious use of language. Yes. And I think that there's actually something there where if you looked at it, you could dissect small pieces of it and use it in your own writing, Mm -hmm. because it's hilarious. Um, and there's some weird comedic timing to it that I don't think is intentional. <laughs> like when she says, my husband, who is Bones, and points to the corner. And there's actually Bones in the corner. <laughs> which is very funny. <laughs> but I don't know if it's on purpose. So, yeah, th- there's something there. I-, I don't think it's a great piece of writing, but I also don't think it's a bad piece of writing. Mm-hmm. I think it's so unorthodox and-, and strange, which is why it's funny. I think it's unpredictable. Which is why a lot of humor works because it's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend reading it. <laughs> it's called Christmas on Christmas. You know, I really would too. And I think one good thing that comes from it. Um, I can't remember what I watched. Oh, I talked about it in the Final Space episodes. One thing I really like in Final Space and in this too, actually is right off they set you up with a premise and then right off the bat they give you something that's insane so like when she says are your snow globes lacking wet Mm. right there i think you can it tells you you're not going to be able to guess anything that's about to happen but at the same time with this because it's so absurd you kind of be able to guess everything Mm. so i really like that if you're 
I think one lesson to, that can be taken from this is if you're looking to do something different, set up what you have and then do something just insanely different kind of right off the bat and it'll kind of kick the brain out of like, oh, I know where this is going. This is going to be the huge. Because it's the same thing. If you were walking down the street and someone asked you if you were lacking wet, you'd be like, I know the rest of this conversation is not going to be a normal conversation <laughs> and you're going to remember it more. So I think if you're looking to do something extreme and absurd, like set up your world, in this case, the snow globe refillery, <laughs> which, you know, even right there is super absurd. And then just do it, man. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, kind of what I took away from it. I Honestly, would you watch this? If someone made it and it was it came out, they directed it well and it looked how it looked in your head, would you watch that? Yeah, if it was two minutes, I would. Yeah, I would watch shit out of it. Definitely. I'm pretty sure someone out there made a short film that was computer-generated. Hmm. I've never seen it, though, but I think there's a couple Oh, you never there. have? There's a few out there. The guy, um, the lead of Silicon Valley was the lead in the one I saw. Oh, I, hold on. I'm pulling this up. I gotta show it to you afterwards. It's too good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably got a lot of the same weird elements to it. Yeah, is there anything else you kind of saw or took away from the script? Yeah, I thought it was really funny when in the flashback it said that the Christmas tree exploded his family on purpose. <laughs> I think it's... How'd you visualize that? I just imagined his family around a Christmas tree and then it exploded like they were having a normal Christmas and mm. it just fucking killed them. But the on purpose part, like, if you were to direct this, someone's like, Latif, I'm giving you a million dollars, you're going to direct this. How would you get the intent across that it was on purpose? I wouldn't. I'd just make it explode. If you had to. The, like, the on purpose has to be there. It would be the explosion. Yeah? Yeah. Like, it would, it would basically be... It just looks like a normal Christmas that looks normal and happy, and then as soon as it says on purpose, it would just explode. It would say it? Yes. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Let's we'll go on purpose, and then it just kills them because it's a flashback. Um, I would love it. That would be really, really awesome. I pictured it two other ways, like maybe because the tree's gonna have a bunch of branches, right? Mm -hmm. And I picture like um, so Latif sitting across from me. If you were the family, you walk up to the tree, and one of the branches, like behind its back has like a detonator and its branch thumb is just floating around the button until the family gets close enough or like the family gets close enough and then all of a sudden like eyes open on the tree and it looks at them and explodes on purpose yeah I just thought it was funny how inanimate objects could murder on purpose on purpose that was funny to me um, other than that, I don't really think there's much else to take away from it. It's, it's hard to criticize it because a person didn't write it. Mm. Um, so I don't think there's a lot of use in that. Uh, I just think it's interesting to read. Yeah. But, yeah. Check it out. There it is. Christmas on Christmas. All right, so. Second topic we'd like to talk about today is 
software, writing software specifically. Yeah, writing software. Yeah. When we talked about this before the podcast, 30 seconds before, like we usually do, <laughs> we realized we may have brushed on it, but we wanted to get a little bit deeper into it. Yeah. I, I, for a long time, I was writing my scripts in Adobe Story, which is the software included in the Adobe Creative Cloud, which I have a subscription to because I use Adobe software for editing and stuff. Mm. Um, they discontinued it, right? Yeah, they phased out Adobe Story, so I had to download all my scripts from there. Why'd they do that? Uh, I don't know. I guess it just wasn't really popular, mm. and they just didn't want to keep fixing bugs or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't really know why. There were some bugs in that program, but you know, for the most part, it, it worked fine. Sometimes it wouldn't sync properly, and I always found that annoying. Um, but once they phased it out, I had to find new software to start writing in, so I purchased Fade In. Mm-hmm. And what made you choose that? Uh, it was affordable. It's available on um, Windows computers. And it's free uh, upgrades for life once you make a purchase of it. Mm-hmm. It's very light software, and it's very easy to use. What do you mean? Does it take a bunch of memory? No, it doesn't take memory, and it opens very quickly. It's all text-based. Mm-hmm. There's nothing complicated about it. So that's kind of why I chose it. Yeah, I've only tried it the one time, but from what I could tell, it was very utilitarian. Like, there wasn't a lot of bells and whistles, but it did everything you needed it to do. Yeah, it was very simple. Like, it looks very plain, which mm-hmm. I kind of like. I don't like busy-looking software. Um so that's kind of why I went with Fade In. And uh, they're always upgrading the software and fixing bugs and stuff like that. And I just find it very easy to use. So I'd, I'd recommend Fade In to anyone who's looking for screenwriting software. If you're trying to upgrade from Microsoft Word. <laughs> so when, like, you tried it, other than the, you know, easy design and whatnot, what made you say, you know, I like this, this is good, I'm not going to keep searching for a different kind of screenwriting software. What sealed the deal for you? Price, I think. Like, I didn't want to use cloud-based software. Yeah. Um, just annoying sometimes to use. I like to, I, I usually write in one place anyways, so if I'm going to decide to write somewhere where I don't have my laptop, I'll just send myself the the uh, project file mm. so I can write from a different place, sync it up later. But um, I just like having something available to me that is um, simple and installed onto my computer. Mm. So I don't have to, like if I don't have the internet, I don't have to worry about getting the latest version or whatever because it's already all there. Yeah. Um, but there is an option to have it synced with, I think, uh, Dropbox or something. Um, but it was pretty cheap, too. I mean, it was $100 Canadian. I think it's 79 US. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of why I went with that. There are other softwares out there, but I went with Fade In for that reason. Yeah, you don't regret it. No, I've been using it for like four or five months now. I've oh, gotten very used to it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about your experience with Final Draft. 
in film school. What do you think? Ace Final Draft in film school. Um, I think they have like a like school wide subscription there. Yeah. So Final Draft is on every computer there. I used it to write all the short stories and stuff when I was there. Uh, I didn't really have any problems with the software. Like it does what it's supposed to do. You can write scripts in it and for the most part I didn't have to deal with any software updates and stuff because the school's tech team would do all that stuff mm. so all I had to worry about was writing the scripts and the software um, so personally I didn't think there was anything like really wrong with it but that being said I've only written like 5 to 10 page short film scripts in the program mm. um, so there's not a lot that I ran into that was like an issue on the writing side mm-hmm. it sets up the format pretty simple and all that stuff um, I like I use, I use Fade In Now and I installed Courier Prime text into the software which I like better than Courier mm-hmm. it looks a little nicer yeah but I know a lot of people have issues with updating Final Draft and stuff like that um, and it costs money every time right? Uh, I don't know. I think they might charge you for upgrades. Like, Fade In doesn't charge you for upgrades. It's like lifetime. But Final Draft, maybe they charge you money for upgrades. I don't know exactly. Mm. But it's very <laughs> expensive compared. Yeah. It's, yeah, definitely. It's a lot more expensive than um, than Fade In or other options. There are, there are other programs for writing. I know Highland is one of them too, right? Yeah, I've never tried Highland. It's I mean, not supported on Windows, that's why I don't use it. Oh, really? Okay. But I think it's like 50 bucks, pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're... Latif and I are both huge fans of Script Notes podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you really should. It's pretty much the bomb. They have a lot of issues with Final Draft. And they talk about it on a much more, you know, grand level than we do because they're, you know working with Tim Burton and Todd Phillips and shit like that. So they have a lot of experience. But honestly, the only time I've ever found... Let me ask you this. Has anyone ever said to you, oh, do you have the fade-in file? Or do you use fade-in? Or sorry, final draft. Why am I saying fade-in? <laughs> do you have the final draft format or do you use final draft? Anything like that? Anyone's ever asked me if I use final draft? Yeah, aside from like you know you and I just talking about it right now. Do you mean the software or the file format? Both. Well, all the screenwriting programs export to FDX files. Yeah. Which is the final draft file. Mm-hmm. But no one's ever asked me if I have that format. It's just kind of standard mm-hmm. across all of them. But no, no one's asked me if I use final draft before. I usually don't meet a lot of writers. Mm-hmm. Especially in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So I've never had the conversation about software with other writers before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say in my experience, the only time I've ever had people ask me that, and every time it has been, it's been snooty too, right. is writers that have very little experience. Right. Like, what do they say? Like, oh, um, do you write in Final Draft? I'll send you the Final Draft format. I'm like, yeah, sure, go ahead. I'm just going to fucking convert it to a PDF anyways. Right. But they, they come about it because, honestly, I think it's a, a little bit of brainwashing. Like, there is that everyone knows, like, 
people say, you know, well, fate or final draft is the industry standard. And I think to new writers, that's very seductive. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's what the professionals use. I have to use this too. And whenever people have said that to me, I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter, right? Like, you're going to send a PDF or you're going to send this format, which I'm just going to put into, I use Writer Duet, which I think is awesome. I'm just going to put it into Writer Duet, turn it into a Writer Duet file, and then when I send it out, I'm going to send it as a PDF. Like, it doesn't really matter. And again, if you listen to the script notes things, they go into, there's nothing that Final Draft does that Fade In or Writer Duet doesn't do. So I guess what I'm really trying to get at is just don't really be seduced by that. It's the industry standard. You need it because... You know, if you're a new writer, you're not going to have a lot of money and don't feel like you got to spend it on that. I remember when I first started writing, I used Celtex. Have you ever used that one? No, I know what it is, though. Yeah, so, like, it's just free cloud-based. And the reason I went to Writer Duet was I didn't want to do cloud-based anymore. Yeah. Um, but even that, like, it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with using that or another free cloud-based software. Don't be worried about them stealing your scripts. Like, oh, it's on their cloud. They could take it. They don't want your script, man. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to steal your script. <laughs> and that's one, one thing people are still worrying about. You know how hard it is to make a film. Yeah. You know, I read a thing on Facebook today. I just logged on, and the first thing I saw was like, I'm posting for a friend. Um, he's in the industry, but he doesn't have social media, and he wants scripts. So I was like, all right, I'll read this. And like I said, not in the industry, you want scripts, please send me your info and then I'll link it to him. And the first comment was, be sure to copyright your script before sending to this. And I'm like, fucking why? Like I get the, oh, they might steal it, but if they steal it, that's a good thing. Like you have proof you wrote it. I'm sure you have all your revisions and you're gonna have the date you wrote it before the date you sent it to them, which would be the first date they'd have. And if it went to a lawsuit, that'd be the first thing they'd ask is, show me your earliest thing of this. And when you produce something earlier, then clearly you wrote it. And if it's good enough for them to steal, then that means you're a good writer, man. And thirdly, no one's gonna do that. No one important, anyway, is going to try and steal your script. If someone sees your script like that and they really like it and they have some connections, they're probably going to get a hold of you and want to option it and want to work with you. Yeah. I don't know. Are you ever worried about people stealing your scripts? I've never been. Stealing my scripts? No. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. That being said, I don't write really good scripts, so I don't think anyone would steal it. <laughs> like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> you want to steal it? Go ahead. <laughs> what the hell is Christmas on Christmas? <laughs> Latif. <laughs> yeah, don't be worried about that. Don't get stuck into the, you need final draft. Spend your money on something else. Pens and paper. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only thing I'd have to say about anyone who's... I mean, if you're like a, a new writer and you're just trying to figure out what you want to do... I mean, I used to write in Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. It can be done. When I was in film school because I wanted to write scripts when I wasn't at school. So I'd, I'd write them in Microsoft Word. Did you have it formatted to a way where it was set up like Screen Microsoft? Or yeah. did you just hit tab a bunch of times? I just... I made it look exactly like a screenplay because I wanted it to look like a screenplay. Yeah. It took much longer, but, you know, 
that's all I had. So if you're using Microsoft Word to write your script, that's fine too. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, They're uh, all going to export to PDF. Yeah, I, I think um, if anyone's telling you that one software is industry standard and one is not, it's a redundant conversation because it's like if you're shooting on one camera and someone's like, that's not the industry standard camera. Like, people shoot films on tons of different cameras. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what camera you shoot on. It's about what comes out after you shoot it. Yeah. So it's the same thing with screenplays. As long as what you write that comes out is good, that's all that matters. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you write it in. Um, so I think that's kind of the point. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely recommend Fade In. I've had a really good time writing in it so far, and it looks very simple and slick. And um, yeah, I'd I'd give my money to that company. You did, I literally. Did. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and on the note of like industry standard too. Do you remember that script we were sent from that like Serbian dude? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So this was got sent to us, and it could not be look like less of a screenplay. It almost looked like a novel, kinda. Well, it was kind of written like a novel. Yeah, and a very large portion of it didn't work. But the going against the grain and writing it that way, we both thought was kind of compelling. Yeah, it was it, kind of interesting. It was interesting, yeah. So anyone that's going to tell you, like, you need to write in Final Draft, that's the only acceptable way, or you need to do this, you need to do that, I think they're pretty newish people and you probably shouldn't be listening to them anyways or they work for final draft <laughs> that's they're, a possibility probably, you know what they're probably final draft uh industry plants that go into the world as independent filmmakers but they actually work for final draft and they're trying to convince you it's the standard <laughs> that is a conspiracy theory well, I mean, they do set up at, like, screenwriting competitions and everything. They have booths, and they're like, here, try our fucking 30-day thing and all that. You think they send, like, young people that are paid into the booths, like, oh, I love Final Draft. I want to be a screenwriter. <laughs> what, you mean at, like, car shows when they hire really hot women just to stand around the cars incognito? Yes, but they send, like, nerds to do it. <laughs> I think that's a short film. That's what I think. <laughs> That'd be really funny. You know who says you should write in Final Draft? This really hot nerd. <laughs> I'm a hot nerd and I write script plays. <laughs> it's like, what? I mean, shut up. Give your money. <laughs> <laughs> they send hot screenwriting nerds. That's a title. Hot screenwriting nerds. Yeah, <laughs> there's something. Uh, all right, I think that's a good... Good place to end this episode. <laughs> Unless you've got anything else to comment on. Uh, yeah, I guess I have a small note. Yeah. Um, I'm writing two things simultaneously right now, which I think is very helpful for me. Because if I get bored of one of them or I get stuck, I just jump onto the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both at the same page count, which is really weird. What is it? I'm not going to tell you. Um, Will you tell me uh, you'll, after? You'll laugh at me. You'll be like, you're only there. Is it one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing two scripts. I've got a total of two pages. <laughs> it's going well. Um, uh, I 
think the thing that I'm finding useful now, because I remember in previous episodes I said I did an outline, mm-hmm. but have you turned? Yeah, I think I'm. Yes, I think I'm outlining, but in a very different way. In which way? I'm getting all the ideas out of my head as fast as I possibly can, mm-hmm. because I feel like when I have them, sometimes I don't retain them, and they come back a lot like later, which really annoys me. Um, so as soon as I get an idea, I just start writing into the project that I'm working on. There's just a giant block of text that's all the ideas I want. And then I've started writing scenes that are not in order. Because normally I would just write the scene that was in front of me. And I started with writing the end of the film and then going to like another scene and then to another scene. And just kind of stacking them. And was it helpful? Yeah, definitely. I think whatever is immediately working in my head, I'm getting onto the page. Mm-hmm. I think the best way to write a script for myself is to write it as fast as I possibly can. Like a garbage draft? Um, yeah, a little bit. I'm not worrying too much about, like, if something is completely 100% working, I'm getting it out as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I'm still trying to write it, like, decently. But finding it's working a lot better than my previous method of writing. And that's the method that produced Christmas on Christmas. You leave that script out of this. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, but I'm just, I guess I'm just saying that I'm trying different things and it's definitely producing different results. Yeah. But I've been writing every day. I think that's something I mentioned a couple episodes ago, right? Mm-hmm. The last episode. And that's very, very helpful. Yeah, that's huge for me too. Yeah. Just to get in the swing of it and don't let that pendulum stop. No. Yeah. I have to go and write today as well, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of excited about. But, yeah, I guess that's it for for today episode. Today episode finished. Good. Happy Christmas juice. Brought to you by Pippa. P-I-P-P-A dot I-O. Podcast hosting service. Businessman say good. Cheap. Room with sound episode finish. Thank <laughs> you.